like a masculine affair. Welcome to episode number 28 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-hosts today are Dee and our friend and yours, Andy Wellfley of the Erasable Podcast. Today, we're talking about reading and note-taking, but first, let's talk about what we're drinking and writing with. Andy, what's your medium? What's your poison? Hi, I'm super happy to be here. Um, well, my, uh, my medium is an old beat-up pocket vanguard uh it might have actually been an apprentice back when they used to call those apprentices mm. um that was in my baron fig guardian wallet um and i took it out because i didn't want to carry a wallet that size so now it's just like this kind of like misshapen vanguard that has just been against my butt for like a few months <laughs> <laughs> so i'm writing in that and i'm writing since this is not a uh, specifically a pencil podcast uh, i am writing with a a uh, Pentel plastic fountain pen. Have you have either of you ever used these before? No. Years ago. They're, um, yeah, they're, it's kind of like a cross between a disposable fountain pen and a felt tip marker. Like it's, it has this plastic tip that extends, and I don't think that it has like, you know, gravity drawn like an ink, like ink stream. But it, um, I think that it probably still kind of like bleeds through the 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 fibers mm. um it, it's fun it's kind of it's like a thinner than a sharpie but thicker than like a um like a micron or a uh, le pen or something like that um i just felt like i would get a little like fancy since since this is a stationary and so much more podcast <laughs> and uh <laughs> and we are um i don't know if i if i'm giving away like any you know state secrets here but it is uh 9 a.m where i am recording so i'm drinking coffee all right and i'm drinking a, uh, the Ideal Blend, which is from Toronto. Uh, I did a coffee swap with uh, Spencer Julian, who's in the the Facebook group, uh, the Erasable group. It's super, super good. Great. Yeah. Sounds uh, tasty. Yeah. How about, about you? Uh, how about you, Dee? Um, I am actually using a brand new uh, 602. Like, I haven't used one of these in probably a year, so sharpened one up. Um. And I'm writing on a pink legal pad from Casemate. Um, they're actually surprisingly good. Um, I thought they would be garbage because they were only $3 for a three-pack, but um, they work really well. And I am drinking a Starbucks cold foam cascara cold brew. Ooh, how is that? It's actually surprisingly good. As an ex-Starbucks employee, when I first saw it advertised, I was like, how do you have foam on a cold drink? Because that's not good. Like, that's how you get diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. like steaming hot milk and putting it onto cold liquid. Yeah. Um, they actually make the foam in, like, the, like, how they make, like, a frappuccino. Hmm. Oh, so um, you use, like, a foamer instead of, like, actually correct. foaming it. Yes. And the foam is so good, you don't need to put, like, they use cascara syrup. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really really good and you don't have to put any extra sweetener in it for someone like me who likes sweeter stuff and it's only 80 calories for a hmm. grande so all that weight i put on from coffee during the semester <laughs> <laughs> how are you so, handling so, the caffeine in that yeah. um so right now i got this probably two hours ago and i've been nursing it um hmm. i don't feel vibrating inside like i usually do like i usually vibrate inside like i feel feel it hmm. um i feel slightly activated Mm. But uh, the issue is that uh, I don't know. 
either of you saw my Facebook, but um, my neighbor decided to throw out um, a beeping smoke detector out his back door I this saw morning. Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't um, see that. So, God forbid you should just take the batteries out. Well, that's the thing. So I get down there and um, I have to go into their yard and get it because it was 8 o'clock on a Sunday and there's no battery. It's one of those weird ones that like it just eventually dies. So you have to like break a piece of it off to turn it off. Oh, I would murder <laughs> yeah. my neighbors. So I did. I did. I, the she problem did is I don't talk to my neighbors because that's just how things are these days. So I don't even know these people, but they're horrible. But I saved the neighborhood because people were angry, and I saved the day. <laughs> no doubt. But no, so I've been I've been awake already. So like I think the caffeine is just needed because I didn't get much sleep. Mm. Um, but no, it's good. I I recommend it. Um, I don't even know a, how much it is. Can we like, take a quick like nerdy aside about coffee for this real quick? Cause, absolutely. Because Cara Cascara is basically the like the berry like the cherry around the the coffee bean, right? Yeah. So. Usually what happens is when they, like, prepare the coffee, they let that, like, like ferment away or, like, dry up and, like, like chaff it away. Do they have to raise, like, do you suppose they raise, like, separate coffee plants that are bred for, like, the tastiness of the of the cascara rather than the coffee? It depends on – no, they don't do a separate one. It depends on the farm and how they prepare the coffee. Not all farms do a wet ferment or, mm. or, or like, a ferment where they – um, use water like a wet. I don't know, I'm yeah. not explaining it well, but not all of them do that. Some some of them use a machine that pulls the cascara off the off the bean, and then okay. they basically shoot that out and dry it in the sun. Okay, gotcha. So I was just trying to figure out if they could like, it's basically like using every part of the of the cow, right? Like you could use every part yeah. of the coffee bean here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And cascara, actually, it's it's really tasty. It tastes like a really tart cherry to me. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Les? What's um, going on over there? Not a whole lot. I've been on a four-day staycation. Um, nice. I took I my I've, I've talked about it the last couple of episodes where my coworkers went on vacation and thus my work schedule was crazy. And not fun. So um, when they finally came back from their extra long vacation, I took two days off. Um, So basically, I've just been chilling for four days here. Um, But I'm been I'm I'm working in my podcast train of thought by Baron Fig with a um, Mitsubishi Unistar 2B pencil, um, which. It's an interesting pencil because it's a Mitsubishi, so you expect it to be super super. I don't want to say s- slick, but yeah. you, it's uh, like um, silky, smooth, smooth yeah. and silky, and yeah. it's got just a hint of grippiness in the mm-hmm. in the graphite that I like. It's not gritty, but it's there, it's different than most most Mitsubishi pencils. So okay. I'm digging that, um, and I just finished my coffee so that you know Chris can have some too. Otherwise, I'll drink the whole pot. And um, I'm sitting here with some water. Cool. So anyway, um, let's move on to what's exciting, Andy. What's uh, what's going on in your uh, side of the U.S.? What is going on over here? Um, it's been about like 60 degrees and like cloudy, which it's going to be like this way for like the next six months. <laughs> so uh, we don't have weather, weather events. Um, 
No, uh, so mostly what I've been thinking about lately is uh, we're to that really critical stage where we're starting to actually pull together an issue of Plumbago. Mm. Um, issue four is due out in July. Um, and this time around, uh, our mutual friend Harry Marks is uh, kind of editing it and just to, like helping me craft like the overall narrative of it. We've had a lot of really good submissions so far. There's a, there's going to be a crossword puzzle in it, which is exciting. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a really great... Um, uh, illustration, like a, I guess like a comic that'll be in that. That's that's really cool. But um, I'm not sure when you're publishing. But if there's anybody out there who um, is interested in submitting to Plumbago, if you can work quickly, um, there's still room for you. So um, go to plumbago.xyz and there will be um, ample opportunity to submit submit what you're interested in submitting. Um, I also this is this is kind of dumb but kind of cool. Um, I got a, uh, so I went back to Indiana to visit my family and I brought with me a Bluetooth keyboard to just kind of like connect to my computer when it's, or connect to my iPad when I'm writing a lot. Um, and I broke a key on it. It's apparently very fragile. So, and I just had it like tucked between some clothes. So I just looked on Amazon for a, um, like an Apple Bluetooth keyboard cover. And I saw like some slipcases and stuff, but I also saw this cover that like, you kind of like fit it inside like you would like a cell phone or something and you you flip down a cover and it like has magnetic clasps that close but when you flip it up you can you can basically fold it in such a way where you it creates a little stand that you can put like a like a tablet on so it's really cool i put a link in the um in the document here i'll put it in show notes um so it it basically you just have a little like like ipad you know tablet computer setup which is really great I, I saw somebody's comments here. Was this was this you, Liz? <laughs> yeah, that was me. I, I immediately clicked the link and followed it, and uh -huh. those pictures are hilarious. They, they're like the worst Photoshop pictures ever. <laughs> there's there's this guy sitting at a table, um, and, and the comment is he looks constipated. He looks so constipated. <laughs> he's like and peering he's, at it like, what's yeah, going on like, here? Uh, well, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't want to get too dirty, but you can't see his left hand. Oh. <laughs> Anyhow, um, and then then somebody just like photoshopped the actual like like thing onto it, and it looks like it's just sort of like floating, floating on the desk. It's oh, really bad. It's so bad it hurts. Uh, yeah, but it's uh it's um eighteen dollars, and if you have a, an iPad or really like any sort of tablet computer, um this is a really cool thing to use. Um, last last I guess I should talk about. So I'm going to Minneapolis, not next week, but the week after. Um, we're doing a workshop at a conference that we do every year. And my co-presenter and I like to make uh, custom pencils for the for the group. Um, we usually – see, it's about, it's about writing voice and tone inside, like, your software product. Hmm. Um, so we make um, sets of pencils. One of them's – like, one of them says, find your voice, and the other one says, watch your tone. <laughs> and it's usually a big hit. Um, and we got them made at – um, CW pencils, which is cool. cool. Um, so cool. yeah, I'll post some pictures somewhere in the group uh, once we got these get these made. But yeah, they're I just love ordering custom pencils. Kind of like you know triggers my my pencil like hoarding instinct. <laughs> yeah, but I can give it up. <laughs> D, what's exciting in your world? Um, a lot of things actually. Um, so I passed my thesis defense. Yay! Which... Yes. Um, it was quite the experience. I don't know um, how many people can relate, but like, I guess it went well. I don't remember much of it. So there's that. 
Um, but I, I guess I answered everything okay, and it's just great to be done and over with and not have to look at it for a while. Um, and I graduate a week from today, which is also exciting. Yeah. Um, and because I have all this free time now, I've been getting back into playing board games and video games, which is great, but also overwhelming because I have so many options. It's I, I often just get stuck with what to do next. Um, so that's been fun. Um, I also um, just subscribed to a succulent subscription service. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I was laying in bed last night, and it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I don't know if it was a little bit of uh, loopiness or... Just wanting something new in my life, but uh, it was only ten dollars. So, and you can cancel at any time. So, I I try I'll try it out. It'll give me something to to look look forward to. Um, See, at first I was gonna make a joke about like, are you sure you don't live in San Francisco? But then I know, right? When, when you said it's only ten dollars, it's like, well, San Francisco would be like sixty dollars a month. I was shocked <laughs> when I clicked on the link. It was like subscribe now, and I was like, all right, it's probably like ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. I could just go down to the local farmers market and buy them myself. But yeah, I mean it's it's, it's not with bad shipping. At all. Yeah, with yeah. shipping it's like sixteen fifty a month. Yeah. But there was a coupon for five dollars off, so I paid eleven bucks and we'll see. And on Instagram do... No go ahead. Sorry. You should do a uh, a succulent uh, review blog. <laughs> I know, right? Well I I've been thinking about this because everyone's I've been reached out to privately and a little bit publicly about like blogging again and uh that's great. And I'm kind of over, I mean, I'm not over pencils. I'll never be over pencils, but like I, I, how many pencils can you review besides limited editions at this point? You know what I mean? <laughs> so in RSVP fashion, you know, with so much more, that's kind of what the weekly pencil is going to turn into like stationary adjacent things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm working on a post right now, um, like stationary adjacent, adjacent hobbies. Like I notice a lot of us are into board games and art and a lot of us are teachers or professors or other kind of, you know, certain professionals and just kind of a commentary on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, that'll give me a ton of stuff to write about just cause like pencils are great, but once you've reviewed one Tombow, how many more can you review? <laughs> like, you know, challenge um, accepted. So, so yeah. So maybe I will blog about my succulents because those are stationary adjacent. Because yeah. I follow a lot of stationary Instagrammers, and there's sometimes a succulent in the picture. So, yeah. Um, and then finally, I'm super excited, and I know I talked about to you about it briefly about the new offering from Baron Fig, um, which will be known by the time this podcast is released. Um, it's called Computer World, which just seeing that in the email, I was like, sure, I need this. Um, <laughs> So it's a limited edition set um, that celebrates connectivity and imagination within the different realms of technology. Um, they're illustrated by an artist uh, called Aaron Fernandez, and there's three like separate worlds. I'm not going to like read the whole entire thing, but just briefly talk about them. So each notebook will have a different, uh, you know, piece of artwork on it. Um, one is the hardware fields. The 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 line for that is, enjoy lush scenery in a land that plays home to diverse vegetation. Buttons, screens, and surfaces buzz and hum as they grow with every new season. Um, so they have the hardware. <laughs> they have the hardware domain. Their copy is so cheesy. I love it, it but sure it's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, date? Is it Date Valley? No, they, that's a typo in their email. I think Data, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed uh, to be Data. Yeah, Data Valley. Yeah. Um, experience beautiful vistas in a wondrous hollow teeming 
with information as far as the eye can see. Here, structures rise and fall, and numbers rule the land. Um, <laughs> and then finally, software skies soar through the clouds of code in a realm high above the ground. Watch as objects blink in and out of existence, respond to changes, and live together in harmony. Whoa, um, man. Whoa, man. I know. Dude. Right? <laughs> and, it's full of stars. The artwork on these? <laughs> the artwork on these is, is pretty pretty rad. It's pretty yeah, out there, yeah. obviously, based on that copy. Um, I like the... <laughs> they remind me of, like, the 90s and, and 80s, you know? Yeah. I love, yeah, I love the designs on it. It's a little bit like, yeah, like a more illustrated version. Have you, have either of you ever watched Silicon Valley? No. Uh, no. The beginning has like this little, like isometric kind of like Lego-y looking, um, like pan across, across Silicon Valley. And there's like, you know, buildings like Twitter and Facebook and like everything just kind of like being built up and then being torn down and being built up. It's like the AOL building gets built up and then it gets torn down and, um, it reminds me a little bit of like that scene because it's so intricate and you can just like look at it for like minutes on end, I think. Yeah. No, yeah. like the one book, I don't know which one it would be. Maybe it's data Valley. Yeah. Data Valley, the geometric shapes on it. Like it legitimately looks like a notebook I had in like 1991. Yeah. 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 These will be super fun. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. So, so you know what you're going to do with sort of the, the numbered lines use case that like, you know that on the inside it looks like they're they're numbering each line in the on the page. I I've been trying to get myself to do bullet journaling. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, you know I say this every episode. I'm trying bullet journaling again, <laughs> and then I fail. Um, yeah. So I'm I think I'm gonna try take one and test it out as a bullet journal, um, where it's just probably going to be an ongoing running list of stuff with complicated dots and dashes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you know, Les, you, you can't bullet journal because bullet journaling was invented by a man. Oh yes. I, I remember. <laughs> oh, bro joke. oh, inside man. joke, bro, 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 bro journaling. <laughs> God. So, um, anyway, uh, are you, uh, can I move on D? Uh, yes, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, so it's we it's been three weeks since we recorded or and put out an episode because we we've had some scheduling difficulties um but in in the weeks between us recording uh the pen addict episode 305 was a really great follow-up to our episode number 26 and i know brad totally planned it that way not at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> so one of the interesting things is that there have been so many flaps about collectible things since we last recorded. Um, there was the um, well, the pen, and then there was something else and something else. And basically, like, there have been, like, all of these Twitter flaps where people are attacking makers and just really being... Uh, brutal to members of the community. And I just, I don't know. I, I have a really hard time with the whole collectible thing anyway. I mean, I think that came out in our episode number 26 where I've, I've stepped away from the collectible thing. I mean, I have my, my box of collectible pencils and I have one of each pencil that I own. Yep. But um, it really, I think, taints the collectible community when things like this happen. And yeah. I've seen a lot of it 
occurring, especially like with field notes and things like that. And just people need to step away from the keyboard and think deeply before they make horrible comments that they really can't take back. Um, Yeah. Like you're, you're absolutely right. Especially like the smaller, more um, like the, like, like the Baron fig. I mean, they're not small anymore, but you know, they're, they're not as big as field notes. And, and when that went down with the, with the bag thing, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, sure. Criticism is fine. Like, you know, makers have to be ready for that, but to really cut somebody down, like imagine working on something and putting all of your energy and passion into it to have someone just crap on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, and a lot of like the flap was about the, like the way so, uh, a maker described a collectible pen and it's an open, mm. open collection or open edition. So mm-hmm. it just means that they can make more and more and more of them. They can make a limitless number of them, okay. which the collector market went crazy over because people didn't understand what that meant. So people were doing that collectible thing where they hoard stuff to resell and it, you know, went sideways on them. You know, they yeah. here they are hoarding things thinking they're going to make bucks on it. And all of a sudden they're not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Part of me wants to go, ha ha, but, yeah, no. you know, like, but there's, there's always someone out there. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't knock people for trying to make a buck. I mean, I did just that last year, but, um, with the great beaver incident. Yes. But I, <laughs> but that's a little, di- like I've seen people yeah. and I'm, I've contemplated doing it myself. Um, putting together a bundle of one of each of the new black wings mm-hmm. or the black wing limited editions. I mean, people are selling them for 120 bucks yeah. for what? 12 pencils. Yeah, you know, like I don't know. That's why I don't buy them anymore. Like I, I usually trade for a couple, like you do, less. Yeah, just use one, keep one. Yeah, 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 that's been working well for me so far. You know, unless they come out with one that looks like an original Van Dyke, then I will buy that. (laughs) I, I mean, they know that we really, really want one of these, right? Like. Yeah, I'm hoping. Well, (laughs) you know what will probably happen? It'll be like the Centennial Edition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bunch of those, by the way. Like, I don't know how that happened. People just kept sending them to me. I'm extremely grateful. Mm. They're really solid pencils. They are. They're really nice. I have a couple of them. I only kept two. I did a giveaway. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I like them. They're very nice. I like the green on the natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see in the uh, Erasable group the, the trade that uh, Charles Barrelsheimer made with Bob Truby from Brand Name Pencils? I did not. No. Yeah, he, uh, he did. They did a trade, and this, these are basically like two like pencil heavyweights trading with each other, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. Bob Truby has this like incredible like vintage pencil collection, and Charles Barrelsheimer is is Charles Barrelsheimer. And uh, Charles got a one of the very, very first black wings where the barrel was was completely black and there was like a yellow stripe around the the barrel. That's like my dream pencil. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's gorgeous. I I I couldn't even begin to tell you, like, how somebody gets one of those. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, Years of looking. What did (laughs) Barrelsheimer trade him for it? That's what I can't figure out. He only posted what Bob sent him. So Ah. I should bug him in the group and see what he traded traded bob mm-hmm. yeah i thought for sure he maybe he has them but remember bob posted that like little box of barrelsheimer original pencils yeah yeah hmm. i 
I'm so tickled that Bob Truby is in the group because he's yes. he's somebody who like. I just figured he was kind of like reclusive or he had the website, yeah, but he didn't yeah. really use social media. Yeah. And I think when he showed up in the erasable group, everybody was like, Bob, you're awesome. And I think he was mm-hmm. just like, Oh my God, this is like, <laughs> I found my people. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, related to our main topic, I don't know if you guys, so there's, um, <laughs> this is, I can't wait this, for you to this, talk about this. this. <laughs> so I, this is a train wreck I have not been able to look away from for a good week and a half. So a romance author. So if I don't, if you don't follow the romance author world or the lesfic community, the interest, really interesting thing about them in comparison to other, other author communities is that they work together really well. They promote one another. They talk with one another it's like this whole community of best friends in a way. And so this romance author, I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to give her any um, additional credit, but once you follow some of the hashtags, you're going (laughs) to laugh your butt off. So she (laughs) trademarked the word cocky, (laughs) (laughs) which again, if you follow romance, cocky is used in titles all the time. It's really, really (laughs) commonly used and has been used for years and years. So she has a very lengthy series of books called the Cocker brothers. And it's always the cockiest fighter, uh, firemen or the cocky policeman the cocky this the cocky that they're super cheesy they're hilarious but she built up a relatively decent following and i it seems to me from everything that i've read about it and all the videos that i've watched she got a optioned for a tv series and she got some really really bad legal advice so she went out and she trademarked the word cocky hilariously and i'll put some links in the show notes about it um using a font that the creator of the font specifically says you cannot use this for trademarking purposes (laughs) (laughs) and so she trademarked it under that font and also as a word font for romance novels and then she sent it's expensive to trademark something it's a minimum of like seven hundred dollars um and then plus for other fees so she did two trademarks so you're talking a minimum of fourteen hundred dollars plus attorney fees which you know that's like probably five hundred to a thousand dollars for each one so she sent a cease and desist letter to a lot of authors self-published authors on Amazon, threatening lawsuits, made a whole bunch of interesting statements in the cease and desist letter, which um, <laughs> I showed to my my wife, who is an attorney, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, no, that no attorney wrote that. There is no way, uh, 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 no attorney is gonna say that stuff." Plus, um, with a cease and desist letter, the person themselves isn't gonna send it. The attorney is going to send the cease and desist mm-hmm. letters because every time they send a letter, they get the bill for it. So, you know, and and they do research around it. So every letter costs the author money. So anyway, this author took it upon herself, sent um, like dozens of these letters out um, and then got smashed on social media over it. I mean, people just went after her and some of the backlash has been really horrible um you know saying horrible things about her and basically yeah she went off half cocked <laughs> uh, um and she got really cocky and 
sorry, the puns just write themselves. Just keep on uh, they just keep, I can't help it. Um, so, <laughs> but so a lot of the story is, is really sad because she has done a lot of stuff on social media that makes, I mean, the poor woman has just, she, she did herself in and yeah. people have attacked her. She's like nuked her Facebook account after she did a two hour long, really kind of unhinged video. Um, it just like, I watched part of it. I was like, Oh man, this, this poor woman, like yeah. she just, she doesn't look mentally well. And I, I mean, it takes a toll anytime someone, um, goes off half cocked and, and gets attacked for it. And people go after you. It's, it's stressful. It's like, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? I don't like her, but she wrote the book. She's a turf. Uh, which one? <laughs> which which the one turf? That was crazy at the book talk. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rose McGowan. Yeah, like I feel oh, for her because yeah. she shouldn't have been writing that book, and whoever told her to do that, uh, you know, manipulated and abused her. But like, oh yeah, still, it's like that. You know, like you're right. I mean, that takes a toll on somebody. And and I don't yeah. know anything of this story that you're saying, but I've seen it in other areas where people need to just lay low for a bit and they yeah. don't and it just makes it worse and like you said she had like offers for like a show or something like that um i from what i understand at least from what i've what i've read from her and then via other things is she her books had been optioned for a show well i mean i wonder how that's going to be now i mean well i mean it depends on how much money was spent and if they're actually going to want i mean just because you get options doesn't mean that the show happens True. True. Yeah, and yeah. i don't understand why the show producers weren't making the trademark request themselves you know and what i mean also, like i didn't know you could trademark a word you only can tr do the trademark on a word this is my understanding not legal advice if it's in a, on a series Okay. So if you use something as a series, then it's very limited to that series within that genre. So like I could write a novel, so long as it's not in romance, called uh, The Cockiest Shifter That Ever Shifted, right? Just as an example. <laughs> like as long as I'm Please writing... Write that novel. <laughs> as, 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 <laughs> as long as... And it's going to be about roosters and chickens. Um, so anyway, but... <laughs> Oh, God. She has this all planned out. No, I didn't. That's what's sad. Um, but, um, like, as long as that's in paranormal fantasy, that's okay, as long as I'm not sh selling it under romance. I see. So it's only within the genre that you've copyrighted. Right. Okay. Right. So, so anyway, uh, the end result of this is that uh, this woman has ruined her career um readers are super angry about it authors are super angry about it and the romance writers of As association of america has um you know, basically taken it upon themselves to fight this trademark and a bunch of a like there's a retired attorney who's basically put in who he's a romance author himself has put in to have the trademark dissolved and mm -hmm. This basically, like, every time she sent a cease and desist letter to the authors and it isn't appropriate, those authors can go after, after her for damages. 
a bunch yeah. of authors had their stuff removed from Amazon. So now a lot of people are like, well, I'm figuring out what my damages are, how much it was going to cost me in terms of redoing the cover, how long I was off of Amazon, how much I earned every day in sales in Kindle Unlimited reads. And that can be a significant chunk of change if someone is a popular author. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically, anyway, I, I have not been able to look away from this train wreck. And um, at this point, the author is she seems to be um, laying much lower on social media. Like I said, she nuked her Facebook account, which is probably appropriate. I mean, I wouldn't want that out there myself. No. Yeah. Um, but I just can't look away because it's fascinating. It's like, um, did you guys read about the woman who gamed the New York Times bestseller system? A couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah, this no. happened about six months, almost a, like eight months ago. Um, there was a woman who wrote her beginning novel and she figured out how to game the bestseller system for New York Times. Hmm. And so it's based off of sales to certain um, certain shops. So basically by getting shops to take her novel um, or like she she actually had people buying her novel. It was her uh, Lanny Sarem um, mm. was the woman's name. So basically she oh. she bought copies of her novel as if they were being sold to certain shops um, around the U.S. and then had them shipped there. So it looked like basically these shops were buying her book. And she, as a result, had a New York Times bestseller for about a week before they figured out. They were like, hey, wait a minute. That's not how this works. Mm. And people figured it out and actually shops figured it out and reported her. Wow. Um, so, yeah, like huh. basically like it's a you know crass publicity stunt that really backfired on her. And, you know, she also had like options for TV or movies. And where is that going to go now? We don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Train wrecks. I cannot stop watching <laughs> because I know. And there's so many of them nowadays. Oh, man, yeah. every time I open up Twitter, it's like, which which person that was my hero is now a garbage fire? Like, <laughs> fire. Yeah. Who's, who did something awful? Who's a turf? Who's transphobic? Yeah. Who's homophobic? Who is a racist? I don't I, sometimes I don't even want to know at this point. The answer but, is everyone is terrible. Uh, yeah, the whole, the whole world much. sucks. Yeah. It's, it's a, I'm not on Twitter. I don't uh, have the motivation or energy for it. And like. I don't know if either you saw, like, I've been really culling my Facebook friends list because I'm trying to. Yeah, curate, you went through a like, purge. Over 200 people are gone. Wow. Really? Yeah, I have 199 Facebook friends now. I just wanted to keep it under 200. <laughs> I can't speak for less, but I think I made the cut, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'm assuming I did. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I want to curate, like, a feed that's actually interesting to me and full of people that I genuinely care about. Plus,. Mm -hmm. I want to share th like the stuff I share, like not I, I would share with the entire world, but like I don't know. I'd rather have a closer knit group of friends on Facebook than 400 and something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I my Twitter feed I have I I can't remember the lock tool that I used, but there was basically a spreadsheet that you clicked on and you blocked everyone that was on it at one point. So I literally oh. have thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of people blocked. Um, I found it through, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to remember his name. It's like a crowdsourced blacklist of like annoying people or trolls yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it works 
amazing. <laughs> um, like Twitter is actually fun and enjoyable for me again because every fascist and uh, like jerk face that I, you know, and then I block, I'm very liberal with my block button too. So yeah. it certainly makes it uh, easier and better. Mm. Anyway. Um, Can we get to the main topic? Yeah, let's get to the main topic. Yeah. So. Um, in all of our recordings, we have brushed up against the topic of reading, but we've never quite talked about it. Today, mm. I really wanted to delve into reading, plus all the stationary adjacent stuff we use while, uh, while reading. Like, do you take notes, write in the margins of your book, keep a pocket notebook handy while you read, um, and all of those things. Um, are you digital, or do you read on paper, or do you combine digital with analog, or vice versa? Um, so let's start out by talking about, uh, your preferred reading medium, hmm. e-reader or paper or phone or tablet via an app. I, uh, I have had probably for the last, I want to say seven or eight years I've had a Kindle. Um, hmm. and it started off as just sort of a curiosity. Like I, I thought they were cool. I really liked the, the idea of that e-ink display, hmm. um, because I am somebody who, if I do read like an entire book on a screen, like a backlit screen, my eyes just really, really hurt. Mm. So I, I love the idea of the um, the e-ink because it's essentially it's the contrast is almost the same as a book, right? There's no like backlight to it, uh, so I'm not straining while reading it. So I currently have a um, pretty old, beat up Kindle that I use every day, and I don't exclusively read on it, but I probably read. I would say like 75% of my books there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dee? Um, so I don't have a Kindle. Um, I was thinking of getting one at some point just cause I like you, Andy, I can't read on a screen for a very yeah. long time. Um, my eyes just actually just stop working. Like it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> like they just get too strained, but I prefer reading on paper. And I think it's because I feel like I'm engaging with the text more. Mm. Um, I have a really hard time concentrating in general. So having to actually turn a physical page, feeling the paper, like it sounds so trivial, but like that actually makes a huge difference. Um, so yeah, so if possible book, like physical book, if not, um, like I said, I, I do eventually want to get a Kindle. It's just, I'm waiting for them to get even cheaper than they already are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started with, with Kindle specifically back when I was, um, Working very briefly at Pencils.com, I uh -huh. found myself flying out to Stockton, um, and I usually have like a couple different books going at once, and uh -huh. I just was like, I just don't want to carry all these books in my backpack right now. Yeah. So that, that's one thing I really love is, you know, the, the physical form that the books take up are no more than the size of the Kindle itself, and I have a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, actually when I moved out here, I had to reduce my, like, between Katie and me, we had to reduce our collection by like two-thirds and it just like almost killed me yeah yeah that's hard yeah yeah i uh like you two or more like andy i suppose i i combine i don't have a kindle paper white or one of the kindle um e like the e-ink screens i have a mm. kindle fire mm. um and i actually had to learn how to read on a tablet i got a i actually when i went to grad school i bought a tablet specifically for carrying all of my um, notebooks and uh, all of my information on and i couldn't l read on it i just couldn't do it 
And um, so I actually had to learn how to after grad school by reading things that I enjoy. Um, and now I have the Kindle Fire and I use Kindle Unlimited. I do a lot of Kindle books. Um, and uh, yeah, so I enjoy my Kindle Fire. But I also read a lot of stuff on paper because my library does not have all the things that I want to read on e-reader or in e-reader format. Hmm. Even even the nicest, like like I remember when Overdrive started becoming like a thing in libraries, and I felt like they only carried, and you know for me this was this was not interesting. I, they only carried like really bad like romantic fiction and like second rate Christian fiction. Like, yeah. Like like Left Behind was too mainstream for them or something. Yeah. Like I'm not going to read any of that. <laughs> but well, it's gotten a, a lot better, but not like yeah. amazingly better. I actually had a conversation. I was complaining about this on Twitter, and uh, one of my Twitter followers, which I think is just a horrible way of putting it, it's more more like someone that I talk to on a on occasion. She yeah. is a librarian, and basically said that um, libraries purchase like bundles mm. for Overdrive of eBooks. So oftentimes, publishers will put a bunch of things that they're trying to boost into over into those bundles so you'll get like the third book in a series or the third book and the fifth book but not all of the other books in the series uh, so ew. that's how you end up with a lot of that stuff but yeah. i will say that my library has gotten a lot better with a lot of the stuff on overdrive so like um a lot of the newer bestsellers will have on overdrive um, the newer sci-fi, the newer fantasy, tons and tons of romance though. Yeah. There is so much romance <laughs> on overdrive. Yeah. Um, but somebody, not somebody told good me, stuff. Yeah. Somebody told me, and I don't know if this is still true. Um, but for a while they just didn't know how to license eBooks like to libraries. So mm. they were trying to make it as close to physical books as possible. And somebody was like, well, after 25 checkouts, a book has degraded to the point past which you can check it out. And so they basically set it so every after every 25 checkouts, the library had to like renew its its license for a book, which is oh. totally not true. I've had I've used books that have been in circulation for like 30 years. Yeah. 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 And I just remember that made me mad. And I, I really hope that that's not how they do it anymore. But it was I don't know. such a good instance of just like, you know, the way we think about things, not not keeping up with technology. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's really ridiculous. Like yeah. some of the like licensing stuff for books in terms of ebooks has been i don't know are you guys paper note takers or uh like one note or evernote <laughs> users well for me it depends so if i'm reading for pleasure so like if i'm reading like sci-fi fantasy or anything like that i don't take notes at all um unless it's like a super like it's like book one of 13 in a series you know sometimes i'll i'll have like a little notebook out and jot down character names and briefly mm -hmm. like what they're about so I can keep track. Yeah. Um, when I'm reading books like, you know, like different psychology books or books on theory, like I have to take paper notes. Um, mm -hmm. I think for, I maybe less can answer this more than Andy cause you use a Kindle fire. Are there any like integrated note taking apps or anything in the fire that you can use yeah that is seamless because that's why like i feel like it'd be hard to to take digital notes using your device as the reader as well yeah 
Um, so in terms of the Kindle Fire, it built into the Kindle Fire and like the Kindle app, if you use it on your phone, you can highlight and then make a note. Um, the only... You can do that on the other ones too. Can you? Um, yeah. Cool. But the thing that I don't know or haven't noticed and haven't used is I don't think you can access those notes after you are done with the book. Like if you have... If you're using oh. Kindle Unlimited and you return the book, or if you are using, um, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my Kindle at the same time I'm talking. So if, if or if you um, are using like a uh, library book and you make notes, I don't know if you can actually access that information um, afterwards. There's um there's like a little, it's at read.amazon.com slash notebook. There's like a little URL with a selection of all of your like notes and highlights. Ah. And I thought, like, I guess I don't see any here from books that I've like borrowed and returned. So I guess I, yeah, I don't know if they're still available to you like after you return a book, but definitely any book that you have had like licensed to at some point show up here. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they have all the all the highlights, and then yeah, if you if you do an annotation along with it, it it shows up. Um, the thing that it doesn't have, which I I wonder if there's some other hack to do it. I don't know how to like take this and export it to something outside of this web page. Like mm. if I wanted to just download a PDF or put it into a Word doc or something. Um, I bet that there's some way to do it somewhere, but it doesn't look like it's built into like the Kindle ecosystem. Yeah, um, and I haven't tried to integrate OneNote or Evernote with my Kindle, so I mm. don't know. I mean, theoretically, you can send yourself an email with your note, mm, so right. you should be able to send it to Evernote or OneNote, um, but I don't know if that's seamless or not. Well, I'll, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to explore that. Oh, so so the Evernote blog um, says that you can use their Web Clipper tool on that page oh. and basically just like clip it then to a, to an Evernote. So if you, if you use Evernote and use Kindle, it looks like you can use the web clipper to do that. Yeah. And OneNote oh. has a web clipper too, screen clipper. Yeah. So that should work. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't take a lot of notes when I'm reading anymore just because I, I feel like most of the time I'm, I'm reading for pleasure, but if I'm reading hmm. like a workbook or something, I all the way through school. You can tell I was not a serious academic because I really, <laughs> really hate writing in in books. Like I never ever wrote in a textbook, and I I just can't do it. Like I just I just can't do it. <laughs> so I would just use little sticky notes, um, like a post-it, and just like you know, fill a page worth of those and put it like on that page. Hmm. Uh, and then occasionally, if I had a lot of notes to take, I would just like you know have a notebook along with it. So. I do highlight passages in Kindles that are like interesting to me or relevant or something or, or something I want to save for later. Um, just because it's so easy, you know, you just like, you know, tap your finger and drag. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, incidentally, sometimes if I've been reading a, uh, a Kindle book for a long time and I go back to a, a paper book and I want to look up a word, I find myself tapping on the, on the, the pay, the paper page. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens, uh, and I'm so frustrated. So like, what? What did I do? I found myself doing that on my laptop. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what why is this? Wor oh, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> Don't have that built-in dictionary. It doesn't work. <laughs> I never realized how much I love having a dictionary right mm. built-in. It's it's so great. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so so generally, yeah, I don't. I 
just has always been somebody I just don't like to take notes in margins. Um, mm. I admire people who do just because like they don't get caught up in like the, I don't know what the right word is, like the the sanctity of the, you know the like the book. I don't feel like mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're defacing it. Um, mm. Yeah. I- I feel like I've told this story on here before, but I think it's a valid one for this. Like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of writing in the margins of my, of my books. Um, I don't know why I enjoy it so much, but for a long time, I I really had problems with it. And I think it was because I needed to resell my books back to the, the school, to the school when I was done with them. Uh Um, but when I, pencil, you can just erase them. That's true. But who wants to go the whole way through your book and erase every, (laughs) every mark. Exactly. So, um, when I was in my, early 20s like right after i graduated college i was dating this girl and she sent me and this is one of the most romantic gifts i've ever gotten um she sent me a copy of jeanette winterson's gut symmetries which if you've never read it it's a really bizarre and interesting love story and in it she wrote in the margins of like her reactions to some of the scenes and not not necessarily like there aren't well there are sex scenes in it but that's not what she was responding to um and then you know wrote like a little little letter in the front of it and mailed it to me and it was one of the most romantic um and beautiful gestures i've ever gotten from someone that i was dating and it's so intimate right like oh yeah 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 because she wasn't necessarily thinking of me when she made those notes. She was just like, here's this book, this really kind of sexy, sensual book. Mm. And because um, it's not it's sort of it's a romance, but it's not it's more literary fiction. It's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, everyone should read the book. Everyone should read Jeanette Winterson. Um, but Gut Symmetry is very great book. But also like it was just like what a what a fabulous gesture and i still have the book somewhere in but like it's one of those Hmm. things that after we split i had to like put away because it was like ah that's it's just too much to have around see i love i love just like engaging with books like that like i was a lit Hmm. major and like i english lit major and i find myself as i like you know get older and generally busier with like other things i find myself using reading as escapism which i think yeah. is totally fine like i you know read something fun and short and easy but i kind of miss like really really like digging in deep to a book and mm-hmm. doing something like that like you know measuring my reactions to it and you know getting that stuff down so yeah. i should i should do that we should have like a like a high literature book club where we just engage with like something that isn't you know, some cheesy sci-fi novel that I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, like I am unabashedly a fan of really, really trashy novels, and it's one of the <laughs> reasons that I love my Kindle so much. Because you know, what do people see of my Kindle? They see the the stickers about coffee that I have on it, rather than the really trashy covers. Um, <laughs> that I I'll put I'll put my Goodreads reading like my Goodreads um link up for people, ooh, and ooh, everyone fingers. can. <laughs> Everyone can laugh at the 209 <laughs> books that I've read this this year. Um, you, know what? you know what? I will sh- I will share my profile with uh, <laughs> with the the listeners too. Mine um, are all like bad bad time travel sci fi and then like speculative like oh. tech 
books or something. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of uh, lesbian romance and um, paranormal fantasy. Oh man, the covers oh, wow. on these are so <laughs> bad. Like Unless I play. It... <laughs> Sorry, go on. I I play a game where um, like a lot of a lot of the lesbian fic that I've been reading um, is self um, self published via Kindle Unlimited, and so yeah. I play this game as like. How many times can I find this particular cover picture used again and again and again and again? Because wow. they only have like a certain number of pictures uh-huh. to choose from. And <laughs> sometimes like some some cover artists do a really good job where they pick or they like edit the picture so you can't necessarily tell that it's the same picture. Um, but other times it's just the same picture and then someone went to MS Paint and slapped some comic sans over the top of it <laughs> and here's your cover. Oh man. Have, yeah. have you listened to Chuck Jingle's new podcast yet? I have No, it's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his voice um is does he uh so he was on um the Smart Bitches Trashy or Trashy Books Smart Bitches podcast. <laughs> and uh which is it's it's a podcast if anyone what is it smart bitches trashy books if anyone is looking for a really good podcast about romance they they're, they're hilarious but he, hmm. Chuck Tingle was on the podcast and oh, wow. he has a very unique speaking style on it is that it's just... I so I I have not listened to okay. his podcast yet, but I I intend to. Are, Dee, are you familiar with Chuck Dingle? I absolutely am. In fact, you know, <laughs> um, I can relate sometimes to that lonesome train. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, I often wonder if it's one like if it's one big charade, and I think a lot of his fans do. Is um, he really is he really real or is he not? <laughs> when I I listened to an interview with him and he's very serious about it, at least in his interviews. Maybe it's like uh, David Reese, like you know what he what he said is the joke is there is no joke, right? Like about right, the yeah. pencil sharpening book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's slammed in the butt by my own podcast. It's the... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh god! So yeah, yeah. No, I love Chuck Tingle. Yeah. Cool. He's he is a hoot. He makes me super happy. Cause he's just... I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. When I'm having like a bad day, you know, one of his tweets will pop up, and I'll be like, "Yeah, man, like, totally." Like, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's oh, good. Every everyone should uh, follow Chuck Tingle on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So so what is everybody reading right now? What do you have in in your rotation right now? Uh, do you want to go first, D? Uh, you go first because I have to look okay. up the exact title of the book. Okay, <laughs> oh so I have a bunch of books going um, because that's how I I read. So um, well, <laughs> so I I'm reading uh, for learning purposes, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics by Dan Harris. That oh is written for you. I just saw a Facebook ad for that. Probably because uh, I've been posting. Have I been posting about it? I don't know, uh, but he talked, you know, I, it was interesting. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I am reading that. I am also reading Madeline Miller's Circe or Circe. Cer- Cer- I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, which is, um, 
I haven't gotten deep enough into it to really talk about anything. And I'm about to start stealing the show by Joy Press, How Women Are Revolutionizing Television. Hmm. Um, and then on top of that, I for my sort of... So I use really, really trashy books to shift gears out of work mode and into sort of relaxation mode. And there is an author named Haley Edwards um, who writes, I don't want to call it romance, but it's paranormal um, with a with a focus on shifters and fairies. Um there is a romance arc to it, but not in all of the books. Um, and so I've been basically blowing through her back catalog. And I think I've read like 10 or 12 books by her at this point. Um, and so basically she's got a book, the a novella that I'm reading right now called Stone Cold Fox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's super cheesy. Um, but she's the reason that I enjoy her is because first off, she's self-published. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does a really good job with her self-publishing. Um, like a lot of self-published authors don't, don't get the editing done well, don't do beta mm-hmm. readers or uh, something will be off in, like like it'll be different from one book to another like in one of her earlier books she changed the main character's hair color it went from black to blonde um and and it well it was i think it was a it was a typo because she got it right for the rest of the books um so yeah that's like something that like normally i'd be like yep done but the rest of everything was done really well so she's enjoyable but also now that she's been doing really well as self-published um she's been picked up and she's being traditionally published cool so that's always like a a a fun story right yes so yeah Hmm. that's Uh, what i've got going on so i'm actually i just said it's terrifying to read two books at once but (laughs) i'm reading one for real and then use like skimming through another like looking not like reading it cover to cover so Hmm. the main book i'm reading um is called the body keeps score um oh yeah it talks about the brain mind and body and healing trauma it's Mm -hmm. by a Bessel van der Kolk. Yep. Um, which is a fun name to say. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's actually a really interesting book. Um, you know, because it talks about how trauma, like, shapes, like, your body and brain. And, um, you know, it, it kind of really, I mean, it's super in-depth. Um, I, I would say that anyone who's experienced trauma, just beware. Some of the stuff can be triggering um, reading about. Yeah. But uh, it talks about how... Trauma can kind of influence everything we experience, pleasure, um, you know, trust, all that kind of stuff. And then as a supplement to that, I am, I'm such a Debbie Downer. I'm I'm reading uh, Bowlby's Attachment and Loss, Volume 1. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, for me, that's half pleasure, half kind of like psych stuff that I'm interested in. So, um, speaking of trash fires, um, have you read any, have you, have you read any of the stuff about Bessel van der Kolk? I have not, but actually I was talking to someone else about this book, um, because this book is kind of like one of the best books on trauma. Mm. Um, but someone's like, did you hear about the author? And like, it was in passing. So no, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I I don't want to go into it on the podcast, but, um, 
there have been some very serious allegations against him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, uh, well, that doesn't mean that his work isn't valid, but no. um, he's kind of, he's trying, let's just go back to that trash fire and garbage dump of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think me too. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, and it's it's sucky because you're right. Like it it shouldn't. Um, like for example, uh, philosopher John Searle, someone who like I own every single one of his books. I used his work, you know, in a couple classes that I took, and it came out that he was sexually assaulting his students. Um, yeah, and it's like, what do you do here? I mean, this guy contributed mountains of work um, to the field of philosophy and psychology a little bit so it's like you're always stuck because like you don't want to set necessarily support the author anymore mm. but it's like you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. yeah so it's it's hard it's almost like when i have to have to shop at hobby lobby for something because my wife does a lot of baking and they have a really good baking section like we'll go in there begrudgingly but then i'll donate money to planned parenthood <laughs> that's, that's one that's way to get cool. around it because you it's know, like, I mean, uh, off, offsetting your carbon footprint, you're like yes, offsetting your like karmic yeah. footprint. Yeah, no, yeah. and and uh, you know, you know, less like also, I have huge problems with the field of psychology in general. I mean, all the all the the seminal works in psychology are problematic. Oh um, yeah. Did you know that every single uh, issue that you have is related to the fact that you want to like be your father and like have sex yes. with your mother? Oh god. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's so hard, you know, to, to be working through these texts that are incredibly important to the field. Yeah. But then realizing that the guy's a douche. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically, like, almost every, th- every issue you have in psychology, you can turn around and be like, yeah, this guy's a douche. Yes. <laughs> yes. Many industries, in fact. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. don't even get me started on psychology research, because that's oh, a whole other beast. yeah. Indeed. So, no. Um, but for I, I would like to start um, – I'm going to make the shift after I finish this book to something for pleasure. I'm not sure what. I have a huge backlog. I actually took a, a course last this past semester on religion and science fiction, mm. and it was really cool. And um, my professor may listen to this podcast, but that's okay because we're, we're like not in school anymore. Um, I didn't read all the texts. So <laughs> you I already mean, got she, the grade, right? Yeah, it, it was a pass fail. Like I, I designated okay. a pass fail. So I passed and she's cool. She's fine. Like, but, um, so I would like to actually go back and read some of the books that I didn't get a chance to fully read. Um, cause it was mm. a really, really interesting course. Um, you know, so yeah. But what about you, Andy? What's, what's on your bookshelf? And I read, yeah. I, uh, so what, one of the things I love to read just, just to, you know, just to consume is there's a, uh, there's, Every year there is, you know, the best something writing of, you know, 2017. There's like you know, oh, science yeah, fiction. Yeah. There's American writing. One of my very, very favorite ever is the best food writing of of oh. the previous year. Hmm. And sometimes it's like, you know, an editorial in the New York Times. Sometimes it's on like Eater.com. It's on a blog, but they're just really good. And um, I'm kind of working my way through the best food writing of 2017. And more often than not, I feel like they talk not about like the food itself, like in the in a recipe, but they'll talk about, you know, food as culture or mm. um, like a restaurant. Like there's there's a big thing in here about uh, burritos in San Francisco, which which as you probably know is like that's that's San Francisco's like thing that we like to 
to talk about like you know oh this burrito the nuance in this burrito is amazing yes. compared to this burrito over here <laughs> and it's just basically like you know our what's the difference between like this burrito shop that's supposed to be very like authentic and classic and this burrito shop over here that's supposed to be really like bougie and like like new wave run by white people you know um it's it's just really fascinating how they dig into it and it hmm. it talks about a lot of places like the history of the owners of places that i go so i i really enjoyed enjoyed reading that kind of working my way through that um i also have on in paper copy um a friend of mine wrote a book called dictionary stories i talked about this on yes. erasable yes. a little bit hmm. yeah and the premise of this is that um he has 12 dictionaries from different parts of the world and he has composed probably just dozens and dozens maybe hundreds of short stories using only sentences example sentences from those dictionaries <laughs> um I cannot imagine the amount of time it took to put this together, um, but it's also really fantastic. It's it's something that's kind of hard to read like all at once, so I just take it in like little 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 rounds uh, before bed usually. And then the the last thing that I just got that I'm just starting to flip through that I'm not like really digging into is I just became aware of this not too long ago, but it's it's Pearson's Graphite 2015. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, I've seen it posted in the yes. group. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, somebody there just, I became aware of it in the group. Um, it's a guy who has a really, really, really amazing scientific, uh, like, grading system for all the consumer-level pencils. Like, he, he, he has pencils in the back just sorted by the softness ratio. And he uses graphs, he uses charts, like, it's really scientific. And I, I love the idea that this exists because then I don't have to like feel the pressure when somebody's like, Oh, nobody ever reviews pencils in a scientific way. Like where's the double blind race peer reviewed research or whatever. They, everybody just talks about people who review pencils as doing it very subjectively. And now I can just point to this and be like, just go read this. <laughs> so but totally want this guy on the podcast too. But, um, those are the three things I have going right now. Um, Yeah. Hey D, can I make a uh, can I make a uh, science fiction and religion uh, recommendation for you? Go. Uh, have you ever read, and maybe you have already, uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's Good Omens? I have not. I, I've heard of the book, but I have okay. not read it. You know, there's there's a miniseries that's coming out with David Tennant pretty soon on the BBC, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about that. But that this book, it's not so much like there's really not a lot of science fiction, but it's kind of like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. written about like christian mythology interesting yeah it's a uh, it's very dry and british and humorous um <laughs> and what's great about it so terry pratchett and neil gaiman both wrote it like both amazing authors and they did it in such a way where it has like this one uniform voice it's clearly like it doesn't seem like it's written by two people it's probably one of my like top five favorite books i really love it yeah cool I'll, i just wrote it down i'll have to put it on my yeah. list because i have a ton of uh books but that that actually sounds really interesting yeah it's a dry british writing yeah it's a good um it's a good like follies book it reminds me a lot of the hitchhiker's guide if ever you read that a long time ago yeah 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 cool what else should we uh yeah should we discuss how about uh one final question yeah what is your favorite note-taking media hmm Hmm. Hmm. specifically for books yeah or when you're yeah. reading 
yeah. I think post-its. I'm going to have to go with post-its, too. I use a ton of post-its. Yeah. I was just going to say um, huh. post-its, but not like the, the square ones, the more rectangular ones. The little the ones? No, or the they're big like, ones? They're the size of like a small note card, not a big one. Okay. I um, I found, and I can't remember what they're called, but they're the size, maybe a l- tiny bit smaller than a paperback. And it's, so it's maybe like, you know, three by six or five, maybe it's mm-hmm. three by five. Um, and it has lines on it, almost like an yes. in- index card. Mm. Yes. Um, those are great. I love those. Yeah, they actually, I, we might be talking about the same thing. Do they have okay. like a little tab on the edge that oh, sticks no. out? Oh, I'll have to post it. Oh, I like those too. The the, the, the tabs. And they're they're like made of cardstock instead of just paper. Oh, damn. No, the ones I have aren't cardstock. They're like post-it stock. Paper stock. Um, To look those up. I have so many more post-it notes that I'm ever going to use. That's like the dark underbelly of my stationary collection that I don't talk about. No one talks yes. about the post-it, like how much they love <laughs> post-it notes. Everybody Every- has a secret love for post-it notes, I would hope. If not, you're a monster. <laughs> yes. So, well, and some of us don't, like our, our love is not secret. Like Lenore with her, <laughs> she gets the um, the treasure chest. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah, post-its for me are just perfect. Like it's like I, I can keep it like on the, the page that I'm not reading and then I can like jot something down. And then I'm not like, you know, writing into the book. I can just, I can either leave it in the book or I can, you know, do something else with it. Mm. I put the link in the show notes if you wanted to click over. Um, and it's cool because they come in a little book themselves. Like, so it has a special binding. Ooh. Yeah. No, I've never seen these before. I'm going to order some of these. They're fun. Yeah. Did you do, speaking of post-it notes, I know this is kind of tangential, but that's kind of our thing. <laughs> so much I, more. Um, the extreme post-it notes. Uh-huh. Like, have you oh, seen advertisements for them? Yeah. Oh, I, I saw the advertisement and immediately, like, when I saw them at Target the next time I bought some, because I'm a, I'm a, a consumer. I'm a chill. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder how extreme they are. Like, like for example, you probably couldn't stick them in a book, so it would probably rip the page or rip the ink off the page. I love the examples on the. Um, like in the commercial, they were like, you know, like some like construction worker was like slapping it on like a like a two by four. And then somebody else put it like on a machine in their machine shop. And uh, obviously it's like post-it notes for men. Yeah, that's how it, that's why I brought that up, because it was very yeah. much like a masculine affair. Like they're a little bit uh-huh. darker, like masculine colors, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no pink. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh. <laughs> we should some Abercrombie and Fitch post-it notes. We should. Oh uh, man! <laughs> ducks on them. You know, as much as it's nice not to have drama, because who needs that in their life? I I kind of <laughs> miss things going on. Like it's been quiet in the stationary world. Yeah. Yeah, for the most Just part. Yeah. Drop a like a co-branded field notes bomb, and then everybody will will be back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poo will hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Check out our like. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of just a company that's really awful right now, like AT&T uh, brand uh, Post-it notes, yeah. uh, field notes. <laughs> oh man! All right. So, 
I yeah, I think I think we've pretty much tapped out this topic for a, a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for coming on, Andy. It's been so much fun. Sorry to miss Lenore, but I'm I'm happy and not worthy to be a stand-in for her. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lenore, I miss Lenore. I know, I miss her happy laugh. Happy Mother's Day, Lenore. Huh? Happy Mother's Day, Lenore. Oh, yes. I, should, I think she is off doing Mother's Day things. She's uh, with her family anyway. <laughs> Reader. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, we say that with love. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So anyway, I'm going to um, start reading through the um, the follow-up stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for the supportive words on the website and the Facebook group. We've gotten some really great um, notes from people on the blog um, who have found us recently through the Pen Addict or the Pen Addict's tweets. So I really appreciate Brad giving us a shout out. Um, it's been fabulous meeting all of the new people. And so I just want to give another quick thanks to everyone who continues to interact with us on the Facebook page. Um, I just, I, our group is, it's like erasables. Everyone's really fun. They're really nice to one another. Even when they're snarky, it's in good nature. Um, So I love that. Give us a review on iTunes. If you are listening to us via iTunes, Um, we're also on Stitcher. So if you're listening via that, um, Hit us up there. Give us some stars and some love. We appreciate it. Um, you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com and Facebook at the same. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Original LC Harper. Uh, Andy, where can we find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at A Wellfley, A W E L F L E. Um, and you can find me uh, online at andy.coffee or woodclinch.com. Andy? Um, before I talk about where I'm from or where you can find me, I just want to give a super special shout-out to somebody uh, from the RSVP group. I had asked about um, trading for some new black wings, and this awesome fan, Kathleen, sent me some, um, expecting nothing in return. So she really loves our podcast, and she, like us, is a super stationary nerd. So I just really want to thank her explicitly. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, um, Kathleen. So you can find me, D, at theweeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. You can find Lenore in our Facebook group, The Erasable Group, and at Lenore underscore Hoyt on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. It's been fun. Indeed.